0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the show, I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howe. And this is Toys by Chance, where we come into like, all things movies, television, streaming, entertainment, all that good stuff, and occasionally some serious stuff, because that's what we do for you viewers. And Russell, we have reached the final installment of Guest Timber, which I guess is kind of rolling into guest because it was published on October, like October 2nd. <laughs> yeah, we've cheated. We we We, we are cheating. Uh, it's kind of rolling into our Scarefest, which we'll get to at the end of the show, but uh, Guest Timber could not end with literally anybody else. Uh, you know him, you love him from DC Movie News, the Schmodown. He is my partner, a uh, uh, current team champ and four-time champ overall. So happy to be closing Guest Timber with Mike Kalinowski. Mike, how you doing tonight, man?
1: Hey, guys. How are you guys? Thanks for having me
0: here. Of course, of course. Uh, I'm so happy we were able to get this in. And uh, this is a great topic to have you in for tonight because, uh, Mike, you love you, you, love you some 80s, ah, not 80s, 90s comic movies. I <laughs> do. Yes, I do. Yeah. So uh, we brought you in. Uh, we, were, we were tasked to talk about The Crow, 1994's okay. The Crow, which we will get to later in the show. But for right now, we have our other segments to talk about, which, uh, you know, you get to come on this little journey with us before we get to our final destination. Okay. Uh, first thing we like to do here, Mike, we like to go into our little, you know, we have our little trailer talk, which is very little today because we only have literally have one thing to talk about. (laughs) And that is the trailer for The Craft Legacy. God, that's an overused sequel title. You got got Born Legacy. You got Tron Legacy. Now you got (laughs) Craft Legacy. Uh, The Craft Legacy is the sequel to 1996's The Craft or is that Practical Magic? Kraft Kraft was in
1: the 90s, yeah.
0: Practical Magic was like 90, 98. Yeah, 98. 98-ish. Okay, I, I, that's, I feel yeah. like The Craft was 96. I think it, yeah, it was. Yeah, 95, 96. So, yeah, this is the sequel that I'm surprised never got me. I'm surprised that, like, The Craft was like fairly successful. It's a, like, a really well known film. I'm surprised yeah. we're not getting a sequel until right now. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> it was
1: 25 years later.
0: 25 years later. <laughs> hit them hit late. Uh, so, yeah, uh, f- pretty much follows the same plot of the of the first craft. A uh, girl moves to town. Four other girls start a covenant of witches, like you do. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, hijinks ensue. This one coming from uh, Blumhouse Studios and uh, Sony, but maybe, mo- maybe mostly Blumhouse. Uh, so, Mike, because uh, yeah. you, you were around when the craft was popular, so... <laughs>
1: Uh, are, yeah. are, are you
0: a fan of the first craft, and what did you think of the, no, like, I, I of even, the
1: second I, I couldn't I could tell you maybe a couple of the girls in. I don't even know all four of them. I think there's five. Isn't there five? There's four. There's four, but don't they bring the, the fifth girl in? Uh, no.
0: I think you're thinking – wait. Do they bring a fifth girl in?
1: I thought oh, it's man. them, and then they have the outsider, like Nev uh, Campbell. Isn't Nev Campbell like the outsider to the group? I think, she, I think she's the fourth because I think nah, – See, that shows you what I know of the film. And then is, didn't this, they do like a male version of it with like Sebastian Stan and everyone in the 2000s? Did they –
0: what, what? Where's the male craft? I got. I got to find. There's this. like a
1: male version of the craft. There's like five guys, and there are <laughs> the, like a coven of wizards or oh, witches. Oh,
2: it's it's called the Covenant, I think.
1: Yeah, that, it's, yeah. There it was. I thought, isn't that co- like a yeah. spiritual sequel to the craft, The Covenant, or whatever? Yeah, Sebastian the Stan was in it, and
2: yeah,
0: I think it's a called the Covenant. Maybe Alex. Oh, Pettifer okay, yes, the one with uh, Chase, Crawford Chase Crawford, and Taylor, Taylor Kitts. Wow. I, it, Taylor Kitsch. What? Literally, yeah, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking at the poster right now. Like, it literally looks. It literally, the, the poster's literally the the craft, but with all dudes. Yeah,
2: it's, yeah, I remember that one.
0: And randy, so
1: Har- this, randy Harley. I don't did not even this? know there was a trailer for it. Till you guys just mentioned it, so that shows you how far the loop I am. I don't think this movie's made for me or my audience. Uh, so I don't think they care what I think. So <laughs>
0: there's that. I can't tell who this is made for, Mike, because <laughs> I don't. It feels like Blumhouse. Feels like teen. Like teen kid horror film. I will film. say this:
1: like Blumhouse to me, they've really, they've really set a high standard for what they do as far as like good, cool things and redos and remakes and updates. And they're kind of that cool little studio that does stuff like this. Like, like you know, so now did Blumhouse do uh, upgrade? Mm, yes, I think yeah, yeah. I think that was them, wasn't it? it was I thought either, it was them. It was like, either them so or like a division
0: that. of them. Yeah. No, you're right. They, they do have yeah. a very high bar for what they can achieve. They yeah, also I, a, I really
1: like some of the stuff they do. I, they I really do. They also have I a think. very,
0: very low bar for what they can, for what they can fuck up. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So Russell, what did you think of the trailer for the Craft Legacy?
2: I thought it looked like a WB uh, <laughs> made for a WB movie. Honestly, uh, like, it was I, like an
0: ep- episode of Charmed, maybe. I yeah. I saw someone was like wh- wh- where are the Charm girls crossing over? What's what's <laughs> what's going on with that?
2: I was waiting for Alyssa Milano, but she didn't make it. Uh, yeah, I, 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 that's what I got the vibes for. Um, I liked the first one. I just I, – I, but kind of what uh, uh, Mike said, I, it's been so long since I've seen it. I don't really
0: remember much. I know Nev Campbell, and that's pretty much it. Is out. it Feruza
1: Balk, Nev Campbell?
0: Feruza Balk, who you could, get, um, you could get for this one. I mean, she's not doing anything.
1: Oh God, who else is in it? it First of all, Nev Campbell. Uh, I feel like
2: the one chick that looked like she was in an Adam Sandler movie. She was in *The Waterboy*. Oh, that no. wasn't her, though. Rachel, that's
0: not her, though, was it? Rachel Rachel True was in it, and okay. uh, Robin Tooney, who was on *The Mentalist*. Robin Tooney, that's it. Robin Tooney. Tooney. Okay,
2: movie. she was in a bunch of stuff in the '90s. Yeah, she yeah. was. Uh, oh, she was. Yeah.
0: Oh, she wasn't in Cena, Man*. That's right. But yeah. Oh wow. But okay. You know, you know, you got United. You got United. Nostalgia in this movie. You got uh, David Duchovny. Uh, Companies in it? He is in it. He's yeah. the, he's the father of the. Okay, there you go. Of the new girl,
1: like and, I mean, uh, the craft though does have a a certain cache cachet with the name, the craft. When you say the craft, everyone is kind of like, oh yeah, the craft. They know it. So that name, the name alone, I think there's been enough time between it's it, 24 years now, so yeah. enough time between the two. Maybe there's a new audience for it, and, and Blumhouse always seems to kind of have their finger on the pulse of what's what's in and what what audiences would want. So hey. Good for them.
0: Yeah, no, we will see the craft legacy on October twenty eighth, twenty twenty. Theaters or not, we have no idea. Oh man, so
1: it's coming out next. It's in like in twenty days, and they just released their first trailer. It's literally like a month, and we're getting a first. Well, trailer no, in Blumhouse, they probably filmed it. You know, the past two months and just no, yeah, no, cheap. Yeah, no, so hey, budget
0: of a budget of a su- of a submarine sandwich, and you're good to go. <laughs> uh, so that's gonna do it for for trailer talk. We now move on to. Notorious news, like we said in the top of the show, we do like to dive into the re- reality of things every now and then, which means uh, we, we're gonna not gonna hang on this for too long. We do have to talk about there's a certain. Uh, I don't. I'm, I stress to even calls a debate. I, I have no idea what happened a few days ago, um, because uh, okay, I will say this: there was a debate scheduled between uh, President Donald and uh, former VP Joe Biden, his opposer in this presidential race. They came together for an hour of, honestly, something nobody could follow. Like I, I didn't even watch. It. I, was bu- I was busy at the time. I saw the quote-unquote highlights on YouTube, and <laughs> I was impressed. and was like, "Wow, I, I, I can barely, I can't follow this for seven minutes. People watch this for over an hour." <laughs> <laughs> like, like, Mike, I, th- I think I think you yeah. watched this. So if you want to, you watched the. I whole did. Thing. I watched.
1: I watched the whole thing. So um, if you
0: want to just like go into like your a brief summary of your thoughts. Yeah, on this.
1: I, I think. You know, it was the worst debate I've ever seen. But on that sense, you've got someone like Donald Trump, who at this point, the the debate was his. He had he needed to win this. To and I, in my opinion, all he showed was we're gonna get. He was unhinged. We got we got what we've gotten for the past four years from him. We he, nothing was changed. Nothing was presidential. He could have reassured the public, reassured the American people. He never once looked into the camera to address the American people. Um, and they, they say Biden resorted to calling him a clown and telling him, to he's like, would you shut up? I was like, I think that's what many Americans wanted to say. It's like,
0: yeah, I, that, that, was yeah. A clip, that was a clip I saw. Like, I, yeah. I heard him
1: like, thank you. Joe, Joe Biden had a losing situation, lose, lose. If he would have just let Donald Trump just keep rambling and rambling every time he tried to talk, cutting off the moderator, cutting off him and not say anything, they would have said, oh, Donald Trump walked all over Biden. And then now he did what he did and said, okay, enough clown, enough, shut your mouth. And people are like, oh, he was rude. He's he's the president. He should not have done that. So he, you know, he, you know, he fights with a stutter, you know. So, but I think for the times he addressed the public, he looked into the camera and said, "This is not right. Our way of life needs a change." You know, this man has caused this. And then, you know, Trump of course did the low blows, bringing in his son, uh, where he talked about his son as a, a cocaine addiction. He's fighting his addiction. And Biden did what he does. He looked at the people and says, "Yeah, my son is fighting it, and I'm proud of him." And that's what we need, I think, in a president, is humanity. He's half our country. I mean, our country, how many people? We live in these glass houses. We throw stones at other people's families, but everyone's family has people that have problems. And he he nailed it right head on. And then when he went after his other son, the war vet, he looked at him like he was about ready to beat his ass. And I, you know, Donald Donald Trump's the kind of guy that needs his ass beat. He's a bully. Uh, I mean, it's very clear how I'm talking right now of who I am politically. But it's not a Republican Democrat thing for me. It's an American thing. I, I vote, I'm, politically, I'm not, proud, uh, not opposed to say uh, I'm very much on the line. I'm a very fiscal conservative, but I'm also incredibly liberal. Uh, so I toe that line. I vote Republican or Democrat, depending on the candidate. I don't, I don't, I'm not allegiant to one party. Um, but, and it, I mean, for me, the sticking point was the fact when he laid up a softball question, Chris Wallace, and said, hey, do you denounce white supremacy? He danced around the question and then eventually didn't and said, proud boys, stand back and stand by. Yeah, that, 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 that got into my skin. Is, and now, of course, today, people with mental gymnastics, say, oh, the white boys aren't white supremacists and this. And Donald Trump in 2017 denounced white supremacists. No, he didn't. It's very simple. You guys ask me right now, Mike Kalinowski, do you denounce white supremacy? I go, yeah, I do. Don't stand for it. Very simple. Pla- yeah. Plain his day. And, now, and then people, they tried to goad him. Try, Trump tried to goad him into saying law and order law and order law and order and he didn't smartly enough because as we know donald trump has almost trademarked law and order that's his thing and if biden would have said yes i want law and order then trump's campaign would have taken that going up this guy even 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 he loves trump's own words he's using his own words you're using law and order of course he is and it's like he didn't say it, but he did say he's like i'm not going to defund the police i want more community involvement in the police i want community outreach with police like, he did exactly that. He's like, he's not defunding police. And, and I, I know you didn't want to talk about it too much, but as you can tell, I'm a little... No, 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 it's A it's little, little spirited I, about
0: I am w- glad to give you the soapbox on this show, man.
1: Yeah, I, I just think... Who, and I will say this. Whoever came up with the term defund the police, defund the military, that was a disservice. And the fact that a lot of Democrats stuck to that because they don't mean defund the police. What that... You know, defunding police, when they say that, it means... Let's say police have a budget of a billion dollars in the military. Yeah, what that means is we're going to give you 850 million this year, and we're going to take that other 150 million and give that to outreach programs, to different community services, to 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 implementing uh, social workers into the police so that they can help on calls of suicide. That's what the funding yeah, the police we, means. Means uh, redistribution of the money. We've, we've gotten, not we got yeah, into
0: that on other episodes. Yeah, the, the whole. police.
1: This whole lawlessness of oh, there's going to be no suburbs and there's going to be no law and order because they it makes no sense. And and, and I know the general public knows this. But and I'm so I'm just so glad that Biden didn't go to his level and say, yeah, law and order, because he knew what Trump was doing. He was goading him into using his catchphrase. It would would be like if Donald Trump, if Biden kept saying fake news, that's Trump's thing. He's coined fake news and we know we associated with him. We associate law and order with Trump and that branding of it. You know, I'm proud of Biden, you know, could he have done better? Absolutely. He was very shaky for the first half hour, incredibly shaky. But once he found his footing. He did, and he just kept looking at the – that's for me and, – and it's different for everybody, but guys, but for me as an actor – I know people – liberal snowflake actor. And I, I own that. Uh, <laughs> but as an actor, you're taught you know, body language and looking at people in, in, in eye contact. Eye contact is huge in acting. You always want to be at the eye contact look at people's eyes. Trump can't look people in the eyes because he's lying the entire time. You, you, his kids, you know, when your parents, you will know, parents, you won't, you won't look your parents in the eye because you're lying to them. And they know that. And you can see it. And that's why he never once looked in the camera to talk to the people. He looked at Chris Matthews or Chris Wallace and he looked at Biden. But he would never look at the camera to address the people. You know, it's little things. It's the things like at the end when the wives went up. Melania didn't hug him, didn't touch him. She just stood by him. Jill Biden came up and hugged him. It's like it's just the person. It's who you like as a person. And I know people like, well, I don't want the president to be my friend. It's like, yeah, well, you know, I don't either. But. I want a kind, compassionate person in an office that understands, you know, humility, understands empathy, understands the plight of Americans. So, that's my two cents, boys. I gave you a dollar worth of it, and thanks uh, <laughs> for so letting me ramble.
0: No, of course, of course, man. Hey, we 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 love giving our guests platforms to speak their mind, feel comfortable with saying whatever they
1: want to say. I, you know, I would love to have my own platform, politics-wise. I'm not. I'm not the smartest when it comes to politics. I'm more impassioned with my emotions. But then again, the last thing people need right now is another white dude talking politics. So I, let's take a back seat, and I thank you guys for letting me have it every well, now and then.
0: <laughs> you, now, well, you upgraded. You got two white dudes and a mixed-race youngster on the side. So.
1: <laughs> what is your background, Chance? I, haven't, I don't think I've ever asked you. Like, What's your, <laughs> full, what's your official background? So Are I, you like Shannon? Are you a mutt?
0: Yes, I am like Shannon. Okay. Uh, yeah. I am, yeah, I mean, I'll reveal it for I'll be right right here for the first time. I am uh, half black, half Latino.
1: Okay, uh, there you go. Yeah, that's so not, uh, that's not a mutt. That's that's pretty split down the middle, buddy. What do you What do you mean? Is it is it much just like anything that's like I not a whole? I guess is technically yeah, of so. two different races, but you're you're split down the like Shannon. She's like black, Spanish, Vietnamese, French. Like her 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 thing knew, is all I knew, over
0: the place. I knew Shannon had a little black in her. <laughs>
1: But you're you're pretty much you're like a half moon cookie there, Chance. You half, know half moon. Right co- right. Well, I
0: I could I could go into more specifics, but uh we we, I, we don't <laughs> have that much time. Uh, well we do, but I'd be I'd prefer to talk about some other things. So <laughs> that was our uh, thoughts on the debates. Uh, moving on to like actual entertainment news. First of which, <laughs> All right. Uh, we talked uh Russell and I. We talked a few a few like I don't know months or weeks ago. I don't know. Time is a contract now. Uh, about how Shyamalan had <laughs> his next two films dated at Universal, one for 2021, one for 2022. We now have the title and actually a premise of the first one. Uh, it will be called Old. Uh, uh, this one, and we actually have a premise. It's actually not an original property he's adapting, or that he's doing. It's an adapt adaptation of a graphic novel called Sandcastle, mm. which I don't know. I'm assuming now you're familiar with because I wasn't. I'm not did,
1: familiar with that, I don't know what that is So,
0: no. basic premise of this is about this, uh, like this, this utopia of people uh, like they, they all live in this like, uh, island community Until things start to go awry This dead body shows up And then there's this odd fact that all these children start aging really rapidly So everyone starts growing like, really, they start growing old every half hour And there doesn't seem to be a way Jesus. out of this so uh yeah, uh, we got that so you got Shyamalan writing and directing that. Cast includes uh Eliza Scanlon, who was in uh Pretty Women. Not Pretty Women, Little Women. That's a very different film. <laughs> uh, uh, Tom Thomas and Mackenzie, <laughs> Alex- Pretty Little Women. Pretty Little there Women, you go, that's- uh Thomas and Mackenzie, Alex Wolf, Vicky Kripes, uh Ken Leung, Gal Garcia Bernal. Uh so Mike, you hear this premise yeah. and it's it's basically uh Shyamalan tackling essentially tackling the comic property. I mean, it, yeah, again, I, so after Unbreakable, which isn't based on a comic, but it's very in, in that vein. So what what do you think? And I, I don't know how big you are on Shyamalan just in general.
1: Uh, with him, it's weird. Like, uh, I, Unbreakable is one of my favorite films, uh, but also Glass is one of the, my probably biggest disappointments of the past 10 years.
0: I agree. You
1: know, agree. It's, it's so like what – and I I, I was – unfortunately spoiled on uh split oh this like is i had heard, took like I, it came out it came out in like in january didn't it? Like january 2017
2: yeah. was yeah it? yeah
1: and I'm, I'm not a horror fan as you know so i just heard it was a horror film and i then eventually after it came and went and then i found out it was technically unbreakable you know sequel i'm like oh man i gotta see it so then when i saw it i knew the whole time so when that final scene came up and the music kicked in, I just lost it. So if I had seen that movie without knowing that, uh, it would have been phenomenal, dude. Like, if, yeah. if if I knew I you, lucky. if I knew you, in yeah, they didn't, they didn't talk about it, that hype it or anything, that, that yeah. it was part of this well, franchise. Well, yeah, because that was
0: because well, that was the whole like that was the whole like last second yeah. twist. Yeah. And yeah. if I knew you, twenty seventeen, right. I would have told you. Like, I would have been like, bro, you need to go see this. I can't tell you why, but you need to go. I
1: watch. wish you
2: would. Yeah, I wish. I went in blind. I was <laughs> thankful. See, you're lucky. Rem- like. Yeah, my wife and I went and saw it, and at the end of the film, I see David Diamond. Holy shit, Bruce Willis! And then I realized, oh shit, they're they're you know it's connected. to Unbreakable. Yeah. And obviously, she didn't see it then. So then I had to go explain it to her. And then I think we watched Unbreakable probably like the next day or the day after we watched it because you want to know what a,
0: yeah. you know what what all ensued. I, I yeah, think, it was such a. I think yeah. like everyone who saw that movie was someone else. Like they, I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's kind of like Fifty 50 Like everyone who saw it was someone else then had to yeah. go explain it to, so like, why Bruce Willis showing up as a big deal. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Because it had been, what, 17 years since Unbreakable. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, in 2000. But with, like, M. Night, um, like, coming after Unbreakable, like, I saw Sixth Sense, and I knew he was dead. Um, Like, I had... That was the summer it came out with Phantom Menace, so that Phantom Menace kind of took over my life that whole summer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so I saw Sixth Sense eventually. Even though, even though knowing he was dead, it still made the film enjoyable. Well, it's, it's yeah. because like, uh, mot-
0: motivation and like, perspective in that film changed drastically yeah. when you watch yeah. it after knowing the twist.
1: Uh, I love – I mean, I, I'm kind of a fan of The Village. I do enjoy The Village. I do like Signs. Lady in the Water is, is – I enjoy it too. Um, really? It gets to the point though with Shyamalan, you kind of are waiting like, "Where's the twist? Where's the twist?" <laughs> yeah. So with this film already about these kids aging, I'm like, "Okay, what's the twist going to be? What's the twist going to be?" But you can't argue that he's not a creative filmmaker. I think the only film of his I haven't seen is After Earth.
0: Oh, because count your blessings, Mike. Count yeah, your blessings. I, I, that yeah,
1: never not good. Even if it wasn't an M Night Shyamalan film, it just didn't look exciting. To oh, me. Wait, I, did, did
0: I, you watch? Uh, did you watch Last Airbender too? Oh God, no. Yeah, oh. I, that's a
1: given. I'm not it, just. You, alone with the fact that I, I i don't know the anime but i do yeah. kind of know what it is even if you don't like even oh, if this you don't looks know nothing okay no not doing this even
0: if you don't know the show <laughs> it's it's still awful
1: yeah no that was another one i was like nope not watching that one
0: yeah so uh yeah so russell you hear this premise uh is it, are, are you back on are you back on the m night i'll get excited for you again drink because i admittedly was i never
2: Splits. left
0: i mean really you never, yeah, left.
2: I, you never well, left i mean on, on, no, listen, no way, because there's always been some bad movies in his repertoire. Obviously, we talk about Glass. Glass was bad. The Happening wasn't that great. Um, oh, the God, The Happening. Benram,
1: I forgot about that.
2: <laughs> the Last Airbender, I'm kind of with Mike. I never watched that, so it was one of those, I'm, why am I going to watch something I'm not going to necessarily understand? You
0: never seen
1: the movie
2: either? Um, but uh, Sixth Sense uh, was one of the first ones I got introduced to, obviously, in 99. Um signs was fantastic um i remember seeing the village being disappointed but then re-watching it and really appreciating the twist uh, i'm like holy shit this is so like I'm you think it. it's like set in this like medieval colony type thing and here it's like modern society i thought that was really cool you know what i mean yeah. um i liked how he did that um six sense, kind of what mike was saying you go back and watch it but it's it's perfect because like you see the reasons they don't talk it makes sense oh she's mad at him you know what i mean Right. Typical couple strife, you know what I mean? You see these things and you're like, oh, that makes sense. But you literally go, you know, knowing that he's dead, it's like, this could literally happen. Like, the silent treatment. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I've always liked Shy- Shyamalan. I mean, I think he really tries his best. I mean, he just falls short sometimes. But, you know, I got faith in him.
0: So Yeah, I mean, I, I, w- I will agree with you there. Like, whether or not Shyamalan's good, yeah, he's always trying something. Absolutely. Which I do appreciate yeah. in the filmmaker. So, uh yeah, uh Old set for a July 23rd, 2021 release. That's just what it's called, Old? Yeah. It's
1: just called <laughs> okay. Old. All right. Maybe maybe it's, I, I just it's gosh, you, you up have up that in and, my uh, head now at the happening with that one yeah. scene with the old lady and the, the whole thing in the of Mark Wahlberg I was like, "What?" No. <laughs> <I'm laughs> Try thinking about killing no. me in my sleep.
0: What? No.
2: No.
1: <laughs> Oh, that movie's awful. That, Holy movie, shit, that, movie, that movie is the, awful. That movie's I mean, really and think was. about how cool that trailer was. Just all those bodies, everyone dying everywhere. How cool yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, man.
0: What a letdown. What a letdown. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, anyways, uh, next story we're talking about is uh, again, well, a few, week, a few weeks ago, uh, this is happening really fast. Uh, we talked about how there was a Borat sequel that was apparently made oh, in man. secret. Uh, but we now have some more information about this movie. Uh, in the fact that it now has a release date and a platform is going to Amazon Prime October 23rd. And we have a title, which I will say, wh- whether this movie is great or not, or whether it's even good, this title is fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Russell, have you seen the title? I have not. I can't wait to Ooh, it. live reaction. So, the uh, title for this film officially is Borat, Gift of Pornographic Monkey to Vice Premier Mikhail Penns to Make Benefit Recently Diminished Nation of Kazakhstan. <laughs>
1: I want to know if who's going to give us crap for that in the schmodown when we have to write that one out.
0: <laughs> I'm like, bullshit.
1: I am not writing this whole thing. I go, Borat 2. Borat 2. That is it. That's all you get Borat. from me. I, I, I'm, I'm like salivating at the thought of this film. Like, to know what he's going to do, especially if it involves Pence and politics. Oh, my God. Um, and the fact that he's releasing it, what, two weeks before the election, a week before the election, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, That's going to be wonderful.
0: I, I, I'm I so intrigued by this. The fact that he was able to do this and not have it break anywhere that a Borat because,
1: like, was coming. if you think about it, like, if you watch him, like, in, in his old segments when he used to do those, like, people just didn't know. I think, actually, I, to, to his credit, I think Donald Trump didn't fall for it. I think he was trying to be – it was either Ali G or Borat. Might have been Ali G. I think it was Ali G. And he didn't fall for it. Trump didn't fall for it. I think it was like, was it the ice cream glove or something? He was trying to sell him. Oh, yeah. And, he, and he, he didn't fall for it. So I was like, all right, hey, good for you, man. Uh, a con man knows a con man, I guess. <laughs> uh, but this, like, just to know, like, I mean, anytime I think about politics and I think about how people are duped into falling for stuff like this, I just watch like, the Daily Show and I'll see them outside, the reporters outside rallies, asking them questions. And just like, oh, no, there are people out there that just fall for this kind of shit. They fall for it. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm excited. I cannot wait.
0: Yeah, uh, Russell, uh, based on the title alone, are you excited for Borat too?
2: Yeah, I love the first Borat. And kind of like what you said, they're shooting this kind of under wraps and it's done. I'm kind of curious to see what kind of tricks he has up his sleeves. The first one really pushed boundaries. and was something that was really talked about in pop culture. So this is going to be fun.
0: You know something I totally forgot? I totally forgot Borat was an Oscar-nominated movie. Was it? It was. It got a Best Adapted Screenplay nomination.
2: Yeah, it was the longest hey. uh, movie to be nominated, the longest title. Oh, oh
0: yeah. All right. Good That's for them. Yeah. When did
1: that come out? Was that 0- 06? Oh, 06. It was 06, yeah.
0: Was it? Yeah. Yep.
1: Okay. Good it, guess, it, it
0: feels so much longer ago, right?
1: Really it weird. does. I feel like it I, I, It's funny November. because like, I, I wasn't a fan of Bruno. Like, Bruno took it too far for me.
0: Bruno's not very good.
1: I, I and it's it, it just is like his his brand of comedy, because if you watch him as a person, he's so smart. Yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen is such an educated man he and he's so powerful in the way he, it's, it reminds me almost of what Russell Brand could have been. Like Russell yeah. Brand is incredibly smart, too, but he just didn't either couldn't back it up or what. But, but uh, <laughs> he, he turned Sacha up Baron Cohen is So smart with the way he talks and, and he's a yeah. very eloquent man and that he creates these characters. It's fantastic. So he, he's got this platform. It's kind of like a, a reverse Michael Moore. Where Michael Moore is incredibly smart, but he just puts it all out there. Yeah. He does it. It's incredibly smart, but it exposes us for what we are as a society. And I think it's, it's incredible.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I do agree. So, yeah, uh, if you're looking forward to Borat 2, which I admittedly kind of am now, uh, October 23rd, yeah. 2020, Amazon Prime. Get, get right. ready. <laughs> uh, next piece I need you talking about. Uh, this is actually a really interesting one. Actually, especially, especially I want to go to you first for this, Russell. I don't know if you heard about this, but there is going to be a biopic – based on Francis Ford Coppola during his making of The Godfather. It uh, will be directed by Barry Levinson, star Oscar Isaac as Francis Ford Coppola, which is oh. ironic because I always thought he looked more like, like Martin Scorsese. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, it, will star, it will be uh, co-starred by Jake Gyllenhaal as his producer, Albert S. <laughs> Ruddy. So, uh, you hear that combo, you hear Barry Levinson, granted he's been off the map for a little years, but when he hits, he hits. And he got Oscar Isaac and Jake Gyllenhaal starring in a making of one of your favorite films, Russell. Are you excited?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, You know, I, I sing the praises of Jake Gyllenhaal. I think he's a tremendous
2: actor. Yeah, especially with Oscar Isaac and Good to see Barry Levinson coming back. He's been in uh, hibernation for a while, but yeah. um,
0: he hasn't really had like a big movie since like Rock the Casbah with Bill Murray back in like two thousand fifteen. Remember that movie? Nobody does. I
2: remember the cover of the movie. That's about all. That's all
0: because nobody, absolutely nobody, saw that film. <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I love The Godfather.
2: It's one of my favorites all time. Uh, yeah, I'm absolutely curious to see kind of how the
0: production of the film. Yeah, absolutely on board. Now, Mike, you uh, as, as someone who's known you for the better part of two years now, you're very uh-huh. selective in the films you watch. So I am. Yeah. Does I this so. uh, does this peak here? does this peak the Mike Kalinowski interest?
1: Uh, a, Corp- a Coppola biopic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that that be really. that be a no. I mean, what's up, buddy? What'd you say? I uh,
0: said so that—that'd be a no. Just,
1: just, just Yeah, saying. you know, it's it's, ah, uh, uh, it's not a film. I don't know.
0: Yeah.
1: No, I guess that's my answer. <laughs> yeah, there, there you
0: go. Just, just. <laughs> I mean, the
1: talent involved is is great, but um, and biopics, I'm always, I'm, I'm very, I don't know, come kind of on the fence about biopics. Interesting. Um, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That's it. I, I, I wish I, I'm kind of like meh with that i'm sorry i'm not one way or the other it's all right it's all right well let's see let's see if this
0: next one piques your interest because if you don't watch this show then i have no one to talk about this with because i know russell doesn't watch it uh there is a boys spinoff in the works over at amazon uh that will be centered on uh college kids who get superpowers russell you can just be quiet right now because i know you don't watch this show (laughs) this is factual that is factual mike do you watch the boys
1: I do. I'm not caught up with the. I'm not caught up on current day, but I do watch it. Um, okay, so, uh, I didn't read the comic. I was not. A, I didn't know the com- I knew it was a comic. I just didn't read oh, it. Oh, you
0: didn't read it. The comics uh, actually were like really. It's, it's, it's really good. I think it's something yeah, that you would no, actually. I, I hear all about that. I, I think it was kind of nice going into it without
1: having to compare it to anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I do enjoy it. I do. I love that the fact that they toe the line between satire and parody without pushing it into that. They still kind of just play it for what it is. Uh, yeah, spinoff. I mean, it's, it sounds like kind of an R-rated sky high, which is <laughs> That's a good way to describe it, actually. <laughs> yeah. An R-rated sky high. I mean, think about k- kids in high school. That movie was like the Disney-eyed version of high school, you know. Even the bullies were kind of nice guys. So to see, like, a, an R-rated, hardcore, kind of what high schoolers are truly like now, uh, you know, hey, go for it. I think, I think super it's super bad with superpowers.
0: I think it's college, not high school. Which, oh, it's college. Okay. So the, the well, gloves worse. are the gloves are really off in that game. That, that's even worse.
1: Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, they probably did that because they could probably push the nudity. Probably. That's. I would think because that's a big thing in that shit. I mean, not a big thing, but it's a, the sexuality and nudity. Yeah, no, In it college or high school, you're toeing the line with eighteen-year-olds. Uh, putting it in college, you're full bore. That is yeah, true. No. That's, you that's like,
0: why gloves are off. Gloves are off in uh in college yeah uh so yeah uh i'm, I'm also i'm also definitely excited for you. i do like the boys a lot i'm caught co- i'm caught up right now so okay uh yeah i mean this this season's great uh i'm not sure how involved eric kripke is gonna be in this one probably not very i'm, I'm assuming you'll hand it someone else probably say I was, as an wasn't because yeah,
1: they are doing a season three aren't they
0: they are doing a season three and season yeah. three sounds great do you do you who's confirmed season three so far
1: it Jensen Eccles, right? Jensen Eccles. Is it John Noble, too?
0: I don't know about John Noble. Jeffrey Dean Morgan's definitely confirmed.
1: Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Either that or John Noble. Well, no, you, if you're caught up then, I guess John Noble, isn't he supposed to be either appearing or... Because they, like, they did like kind of... Uh, the headline was like a mini Lord of the Rings reunion between him and Urban. Oh, really? I, I so did not Either see he's that. filming for three or he's in later episodes of season two.
0: Maybe. He, he has not shown up in season two yet. Spoiler, okay. for, spoiler for you, it's, Russell. I didn't mean
1: to spoil for you. It's out there. It's a news story. It's so. out
0: there. And yet, look, and I can... If, if you wanted to watch it, like, if I wanted you to watch it, I could just assign this for homework like I did Mandalorian a few last week. So, <laughs>
2: This is factual. Yep. <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, uh, that's going to do it for that story. Uh, next thing we're talking about, which I actually think find extremely interesting, uh, there is a Conan the Barbarian show in the works for Netflix. Uh, yeah, really? Yeah, it's going to cool. be uh, ad- adapting from the Conan property, which was done... Uh, the 80s, Arnold Schwarzenegger, and Arnold Schwarzenegger again. And then yeah. when they could not get the rights to, to uh, Killing the Barbarian, they made Arnold another character in that universe, and they made Red Sonia, which was Ugh. just awful. Just the worst. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, this uh, kind of fits into Netflix is trying, to, they're trying to find their latest IP. Like They got, they got Witcher, which we're yeah. told
1: does well. I have not watched the show. Um, Amazon, right? No, I haven't watched it either. No,
0: which is on Netflix. Netflix. But, uh, Russell, how how, uh, how big are you into Conan the Barbarian? And uh, other question, we had a... Uh, this is not the first attempt at Conan in the modern day. We did have that Jason Momoa reboots a couple years I ago remem- that everybody had. I
2: remember the Momoa one because I saw that in the theater, and I've seen the original with Arnold. Probably okay. the other ones I would say I'd never seen before, so I'm vaguely familiar, I guess, with the uh, Conan uh, you and, know, property. And
0: so, for a so question, Like, are you, are you intrigued by a project of the Conan show? Second of all do you use, uh who would you cast as the titular character in conan the barbarian man i i don't
2: know who who'd
0: you go with I'm trying
2: to think somebody who's jacked and uh and is younger that would probably be a good i have no idea jacked, i i couldn't
0: even he, tell you Jacked no idea. idea that's a that's a that's that's criteria
2: yeah no idea um what was I gonna say? I mean, I would watch it, but here's the thing with Netflix: though so you get you get attached to a show on Netflix, and only last a couple seasons Man, they pull the plug. Canceled. So uh, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be it could be The Witcher, it could be Dark Crystal. We have no idea.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Netflix likes Netflix likes to come in, hit it, and get out of there. That's, yeah. no, that's true. But I mean, on the other hand, how many shows kind of overstay their welcome? Yeah, but
0: at the same time, like how but... With Netflix, is not overstaying their welcome, which they do have shows that do, that do that. It shows that it's like, oh, you're the life of the party. We like you, man. Oh, you're leaving? Yeah.
1: Oh. Bye. I think the problem is with Netflix and is uh, they're what I, I call, and I'm sure everyone else calls it, they're called water cooler shows to me. It's like yeah. a show that you binge over a weekend, you come and talk about it on Monday, and then by Friday, you're like, okay, what's on to the next one? Well, Every next... single movie, every single show, and I remember, it, it's always around Comic-Con. Yeah. It was Stranger Things. It was Glow. It was Dark Crystal. Everyone raves about these shows for like two weeks. You binge them, and then it's done. Like, I think, does Amazon put them all out? Amazon goes week by week, right?
0: They're starting to. Like, the boys this season is week by week.
1: Yeah, I think it's the smartest thing they can do. I, I, yeah. I, I we, personally, we did, I mean, we talked about that with kind of, uh, I don't like, Damon on the one right, hand, I don't on like it. On the other hand, I don't always have a chance to sit down and watch things when they're on or air. So... Like Mandalorian, I would do like two or three. To, I think they released them week to week, sporadically, week to week. Yeah, so I would wait a couple weeks, watch three. Wait a couple weeks, watch three. Like I prefer that because then it stretches it out, and you're still talking about it. So Netflix has that problem. They put it all out there. You finish it in a weekend, and you're you move on to something else.
0: Yeah. So do you do you think? Uh, well, now question. Do you do you have an actor who you would cast as Conan the Barbarian?
1: I don't. Um, would you bring Momoa back? No. uh Momoa has such a great, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, vibe, with his, 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 he's not Hawaiian, but his background has like a Polynesian Simone, Simone. look to him. I, I think Conan, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. He, had, he was a very distinct look. I want them to do what they did with Jack Reacher and Alan Richardson. Like, I want an actor that's not well-known. Like, Richardson, he's, yeah, if you know his shows, the CW, the the, the Titan stuff, it's a very niche market, but to general audiences, they don't know who he is. So now he's going to be exposed to a massive audience with Amazon Prime and this Jack Reacher show and watching that Titans show. I'm like, I, was, I fin- finally finished watching season two. He's going to be a phenomenal Jack Reacher. I've, I've, that's one of my favorite book series. I have read the whole series over and over again. Um, he's a little bit younger than the character is in the books. Uh, he, in the books, he's like late 50s, early 60s. But there are books in the series where they go back to his early days. Um, but I think he'll be phenomenal. I think audiences now can uh, make him their version of the character. So Conan, you know, Schwarzenegger wasn't Schwarzenegger back then. When you think about it, he was no one.
0: Oh, because that was pre uh, That's was he's kind was of an it?
1: unknown. You know, and, and Momoa, was, Momoa wasn't well-known either at the time, but that movie just wasn't good. I think the role, the name sells itself. It's Conan. You know what it is. You know it or you think of Arnold. So, I think the smartest thing they can do is they bring in Conan, uh, make him, uh, or, or, or have or Schwarzenegger attached somehow like the father of Conan and kind of like a passing of the torch type thing. So, and that way you've got his name rec- recognition with it, but you also got this new actor. So, Conan Jr.? Just find a new guy. A new guy.
0: Conan Jr.? Yeah. Uh, it, it, and I think it's something we, we come back to because, like, he always wanted to do. Con- there was a uh, trip for Conan three floating around. Conan the Conqueror that he always wanted to make, but it's it oh, yeah. is that when he's like the king, right? Yeah, exactly. That was supposed to be the third one in the series, but it just never got made because Conan the Destroyer just was not good. <laughs> <That's> no. just, <laughs> it was not good. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Okay. So unknown for Conan. Uh, but something who will not, someone who will not be cast by an unknown, is Nick Fury. Because it was also announced this, yeah. uh, I believe it was Monday. Uh, we are getting a Nick Fury Disney Plus show, and Samuel L. Jackson will be returning to reprise the role. Now, I mean, when I first heard this, I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's gonna be about his origin story, starting, you know, starting Shield or starting a yeah. Shield, all that kind of stuff." But then I realized something. There's actually a lot of ground to explore with Nick Fury. Like, it could, I think, like the likely scenario. I believe it will delve into his time like like post winter soldier, you know? Like where he's on the road. That run, time where he leaves for Europe. Or he leaves for oh, is that where he goes? Oh, that's, right. yeah, that's where yeah. he said he was that's where he said he was going. But yeah. also like either that or it's gonna we saw that well, spoiler alert, uh at the end of Spider Man Far From Home, I mean billion dollars, you definitely saw it. Uh in the in the post credit scene for that, it's right. ending with him in space. Yeah. So I feel like it's gonna delve into one of those two stories. So uh, Mike, you know, you're, you're a big comic book and MCU guy, uh, yeah. which, uh, okay. If it's the choice between, uh, Fury on the run or Fury, you know, starting at Fury in, in space, right. maybe it's the same thing. What, what, what would you be more interested in? Are you interested I, in Nick Fury just in general?
1: Yeah. Um, I, it's funny cause Nick Fury to me, he like, I grew up with the white dude, you know, Nick Fury. Oh, that's the, the, the guy the, I the grew up with. Hasselhoff, Nick Fury. Not Hasselhoff, not Hasselhoff. No. Just kind of the brown haired 60s spy guy. Um, so this Nick Fury version, I miss the days of Nick Fury being kind of an active agent, like uh, doing the stuff that like Black Widow and Captain and Winter Soldier. I would love like an early um, 60s, you know, 70s spy show. I think that could be really cool. But again, Sam Jackson is in it. So you can't I would love to see if they did like a younger actor doing the 60s and 70s, you know, Nick Fury, kind of crazy Jack Kirby spy stuff, I think would be Ooh. awesome. Morris Chestnut um, would be a
0: good, like, young Sam Jackson. But now... Jackson. I mean, what's up? Morris Chestnut would be, like, a good young Sam Jackson. Yeah,
1: like, I, Morris Chestnut, like, an active Nick Fury with jetpacks and ray guns and stuff in the 60s and 70s, doing kind of that fringy... But this MCU has established that all of that cosmic stuff was not happening then. That's Captain true. Captain Marvel was kind of, like, the first cosmic stuff. So I think with that said, I think the sword aspect... Uh, being head of sword and dealing with that—that's the way they need to should go with it.
0: Now, uh but
1: like you said, chance with to do the Winter Soldier stuff. I'm if I had seen Black Widow and seen how they handled a film set in the films that have already come. If I had see if I had seen Black Widow and seen how they did it and how it worked, I could be more open to a Nick Fury post Winter Soldier pre whatever to see what he's doing. But I don't know how well the Winter so- Black Widow is going to navigate that.
0: Well, yeah, because- time. Because uh, thanks to uh, you know Uncle, Uncle COVID, we have not seen Black <laughs> Widow or anything for that. Matter. I don't think we're
1: seeing it anytime soon either.
0: Probably not. Uh, well, I, 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 hopefully, May. Fingers crossed. Uh, so, uh, Russell, would you, uh, are you excited by the prospect of sword? I'm only asking that because I know you have no idea what that word means. Yeah, no.
2: Uh, yeah, no idea what that means.
0: He's not. Uh, yeah, he's not the funny book guy on this uh, on this show, Mike. So you want to give Russell a brief uh, That a makes recap. a good
1: podcast, buddy. When you got two people that <laughs> are varying you know. degrees of, of knowledge on the comic book stuff, it makes it a great podcast. So,
0: uh, you know, since, since you're a big, a big comic book guy, do you want to just give us like a brief a synopsis of what uh, what S.W.O.R.D. is?
1: S.W.O.R.D. was created, there's a character named, uh, oh, God, I'm forgetting her first name, it's Brand is her last name. Um, it, it's kind of like, it, God, it stands for Sentient World Observation I want to say research division. It's kind of like a safeguard against uh, extraterrestrials. Abigail Brand, that's her name, Abigail Brand. Um, so you could call so it's it like, a, like Shield, but in space. Yeah, i about to so say you could it, call it like it, Space it, Shield. Yeah, it's their space division of Shield, uh, handling outworldly matters that are attacking Earth. So that's essentially what it is. So he's kind of doing his job with Shield that he's doing now with Sword. So, Sentient world observation research. Department division division, division probably Something.
0: sounds because like shields division but so that yeah. probably fit. So Russell, you hear those premises, and are you excited by the prospect of eight hours of Nick Fury a la Mandalorian style?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd have to watch it obviously when it, when it all airs because that's what I do, right, Chance? I mean,
0: you'll you'll no, you'll watch it like a year later I got a, when it's already. I gotta got nice wait a, year. Got it, to wait a year. Let, let
2: year. Let it let it settle a little bit. Let people talk about it. Talk amongst yourselves, then I'll. I'll show up to the party a little bit we, late,
0: Russell. We've 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 been down we've been down this road. We know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. If I gotta watch it, I I just I need to watch it as it
2: airs because if not, then you know what happens. I, I just I'll wait. Kind of like what Mike said. That's what. But right. I'll only I'll wait till the whole thing's out and then just watch it, grab and go, and be done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I told you, man. I told you to watch my lawyer as in air, but you, you didn't listen. You didn't listen. Uh, so yeah, that we got that we got that. No idea if this is gonna be part of Phase Four or Phase Five or whatever's going on, because, again, mm-hmm. COVID kind of screwed Marvel on their plans, too. They, <laughs> they messed with Marvel more than any studio ever could. <laughs> uh, but speaking of, you know, we got Marvel, Division of Disney. Uh, this is um, I'm calling our uh, What the Fuck Story of the Week. Uh, it was announced that we are getting a sequel to 2019's Lion King. No surprise there. The movie made a billion dollars. Highly successful. recognizable property. No surprise there's getting a sequel. The weird part of it is that uh, the person they're doing it, Jon Favreau, is not coming back to do the sequel. Instead, we are getting uh, independent critical darling Barry Jenkins. Yes, Moonlight's own Barry Jenkins at the helm. But wait, there's more. You see, not only is this going to be a sequel to Lion King, the log line for this, and this is not confirmed, this is all speculation right now, but yeah. sounds very accurate. The log line for this is Godfather 2 with lions because it's going to delve into, man. it'll be both a prequel revolving around Mufasa and a sequel about Simba. <laughs> so I'm going to go first on this because look, uh, I'm not very huge on, I, I don't hate Lion King 2019. I don't love it either. I'm kind of in the middle. I, I like it. I like it, okay. I hear this director, I hear this premise. I'm like, this is just so weird and out there and crazy that I almost kind of have to buy into it. <laughs> like, I, there's no way I'm not looking forward to this, because this just sounds, it just sounds ridiculous, and it just sounds weird. And I love Barry Jenkins to death, so I know it's going to be good, because I don't think he can of make a bad film, at least not that we've seen so far. So, uh, Russell, I mean, you're a big Lion King guy. Here's <laughs> We're getting sequel with this director and this plot. What do you God. think? I don't know.
2: Does Favreau tackle moonlight sequel <laughs> um i don't i don't know like ugh, the first one was just so you know shot for shot just kind of just unoriginal you know what i mean 94 uh, animated classic i, th- I, I think just, that's kind I, of
0: an advantage jenkins will have that he's not gonna be as like you know reined in yeah with this with another movie so he can re- he can get more
2: creative with it he can really do whatever he, he wants it. at this point. <laughs> And I think that's to his benefit because everybody kind of figured that that's what you had to do when, you know, when Favreau came out with the, you know, the Lion King live action, we'll use in quotations. But, um, you know, you had to obviously do that justice and you like shot for shot it. But, um, yeah, this gives Jenkins a little bit more um, creativity to put his own product out. So, I mean, I guess in that aspect, yeah. But um, am I really looking forward to a sequel? Probably not. <laughs>
0: Uh, normally, I would not go to Mike on this one because be, I know he wouldn't have seen, but you actually did see this one, Mike. I, think, I did. I think Shannon dragged I, you to it. Well, I,
1: I saw it in a weird way because I've never seen the original. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I went and saw this one, and I, my reaction was because I knew it was shot for shot and the same thing, and I was like, why do people like this movie? It didn't do anything for watch, me watch, at all. Watch the, Watch the original but it, i just watched the same thing they they're just a different type, style of animation
0: no oh, so no, it was yeah, like
1: I, what did i, I like, okay
0: no.
1: cool and i didn't understand the reason to remake apparently if the great one the first one was so great why redo it exactly the same like like i actually like aladdin is probably my favorite disney film and the remake i actually really liked yeah, I did I, too. I thought the stuff they did with it was great. I forgot Robin Williams about five minutes into the movie. Will Smith made it his own character. I agree. I like the song they added, and that's getting a sequel. I like I like the actors involved. I didn't like Jafar. Jafar was not Jafar my sucks. Cup of tea.
0: He's boring. Yep. He's Jafar boring.
1: looked like I think you know, Jafar was not good. Other than that, yeah.
0: But uh, me so this
1: film, I'm not gonna see it. <laughs> You also haven't seen that's any of Barry Jenkins.
0: Thing. You also haven't seen the Barry Jenkins other films, which you do need to get on because I'm gonna, like we're going to need yeah. it one day. I know. But yeah, uh, that's. I just want to bring that up because this is just a bizarre, a bizarre story that I never th- in, a, in a in a weird a year full of like weird shit happening. This is maybe, maybe top twenty. I never, yeah. I never would have seen this coming. What? We still got till December. We're gonna be a top fifty by then. We still, yeah, we still. <laughs> 31 months. We're almost there. <laughs> And uh, last news story we have to talk about. And, Mike, I'm so, glad, I'm so happy you're here to talk about this with us. Uh, in that uh, Black Adam just accrued their latest cast member. Yeah. They have cast the role of Hawkman with one Mr. Aldous Hodge, who what you may recognize from roles such as Invisible Man, Leverage, Friday Night Lights, other things. Trayvita Compton. Jack, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. He is in Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. See, and, films uh, I watch. Films you watch, but... Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I'm I'm happy you're here to explain the character of uh, Hawkman to uh, Russell because you know you host a, yeah. a, you could say you're a good authority on DC properties.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm a, a decent authority. You can say know? that, and I know some stuff about DC.
0: So why don't you uh, give us? Why don't you give a? Uh, well, it's it, Hawkman our, is
1: interesting because yeah, it, he has such a diverse background. He's from a planet called Thanagar. Uh, he's a space, basically a space cop. But then there's so many different versions and, and different stories. There's um, uh, I believe his name is Prince Khufu Khufu is like an Egyptian version of him that, like basically essentially the characters of Hawkman and Hawker are reincarnated over and over again and they have to find each other in the different world that they're in and, and they don't know their history and, uh, so there's so many different versions if any of your listeners are listening or want to know about Hawkman there's a great run that just came out I think it's Robert, or Robert Vendetti and Brian Hitch's 1 through 12 Hawkman that came out like 2 years ago it ties up because Hawkman's history is so convoluted this one 12 issue series ties everything in together all the different versions and makes it one kind of palpable storyline and gives you the history of Hawkman uh so it's interesting with his casting cuz he's a white guy in the comics yeah, he is, he current is day tradi- Hawkman he is, is a white guy, but he's wise. Egyptian in other versions so this is skewing more towards an Egyptian ethnic uh tale versus the the typical white guy that he is in modern day comics um But I think I've heard rumors this film is set in the 40s because they're introducing the Justice Society of America. But Hawkman is also kind of a timeless character. Uh, So it's an interesting casting. I think he's such a charming actor. It's such a a unique casting choice with him. Um, Kind of outside of the box, but I think it's a great fit. I think he's a physical actor. So, yeah, I, I really like the actor. So I'm, I was kind of on board with it, but such an I have no idea where the film Black Adam takes place or what they're going to do with it. If it takes place in in because um, uh, you know in Shazam they talk about the wizard giving the powers to the one boy and yeah. their champion, and that was back in the days of the pyramids. So and who knows if they're going to use the whole you, Hawkman and him have been fighting for centuries together and reincarnated over and over again.
0: You think you would have mentioned if he came back in the forest, like, oh yeah, we we gave, we, gave, we picked the champion, didn't go well. Yeah. He, yeah. he wrecked shit in Egypt, and he came back in the 1940s in America. Right.
1: So they haven't done that, but the Justice Society is in the film. So I don't know if the 40s are when he's reawakened, reawakened, and Hawkman will be that kind of link. Um, but it's very fascinating with the Justice Society in there and, and and all these different versions. So that's a yeah, I'm excited.
0: So yeah, uh, Russell, we talked about this coming out of uh, DC fandom. He was going to be in the movie. Now we have an actor who I I'm actually a. Uh, I'm actually a pretty big fan of him. I do like this guy. I think he's pretty underrated. I always wanted to see him as a superhero. Like, I, yeah. I, I did, I always thought he would have been a great blade.
1: But yeah, then, he has uh, a physical oh, yeah, stature. He a great blade, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, then, uh, you know, Mahershala Lee's like, uh, no, step, step off, Negro. This
1: is my role. Yeah, he's a, but he's a better blade.
0: Yeah, he, he's, he's a great pick. And that's, all, that's all that Alita movie is doing. So, uh, <laughs> Russell, you know, you, you had a basic crash course of Hawkman. Is this someone you're excited to see come kind of to live action? Because I'll be honest, I, I am. And, yeah, he's, he's no, I would agree for a long time. He
2: he has a physical presence on screen. Um, I liked him in Invisible Man, um, and then a couple other films that you guys mentioned that I that I've seen that he was good in. So I mean,
1: he's yeah, great Invisible Man. Uh, he's I so really
2: good. like I, I really like him with yeah for sure.
0: <laughs> uh, I do like that scene Invisible Man where he's standing over the bed and he's like wearing the tank top. <laughs> it's just like. And, like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Be- Elizabeth, not no, Elizabeth Moss, he's like, he's like, I can't sleep. But he's saying, like, all right, goddammit, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you sleep. Because, <laughs> like, you can see, <laughs> like, it's, the way he's all ripped. He's just like, God, but like, 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 about to beat her ass. Like, wow. Yeah. I do want to share this, like, one little tip before we move on to the movie. So, uh, The Rock, it was important he was in talk, but The Rock basically confirmed it on his Instagram. And uh, this is the story he shared. He told him how he called, called Aldis personally to surprise him with the role. So, this is, this is the, the conversation they had. So, Aldous... Hello. Dwayne, hello. I'd like to speak to Aldis. Who's this? This is Dwayne Johnson. Long pause. Whoever this is, stop playing on my phone. This is Dwayne. Is this Aldis? Long pause. This shit ain't funny. I said stop playing on my fucking phone. Al, uh, Aldis, this is Dwayne Johnson. I, I called to say, say thanks so much for your audition. It was great, and I really appreciate the efforts you made. Just want to say thanks and best of luck in all you do. And one more thing. Welcome to Black Adam. Longest pause. I'm sorry. You're going to have to hold for one second. He puts the phone down and walks away, but doesn't mute so I can still hear everything.
1: Dwayne Johnson, oh shit!
0: <laughs> uh, Dwayne, are you okay? You're gonna crush. Cru- you okay? You're gonna crush this role. So yeah, I, I thought that was funny, and this—that's
1: pretty cool. Yeah, it's that is cool.
0: It's someone Dwayne. Jo- Dwayne's clearly excited to work with. So I'm. I'm definitely. I'm a little, you know, skeptical on the movie, but I'm definitely. This is kind of. This is tuning up by excitement. I'm. I'm. I'm excited to see who they get to play Doctor Fate, because that's. That's the real yeah. sad for me. I want to see who they get to play him. Uh, so that brings us to the end of Notorious News, which means we now move on to the main event, the movie of the week, The Crow. So, yeah, The Crow came out in the year 1994. This movie is, I right, suck at math, 26 Six. years old. Man,
1: <laughs> Jesus. Oof,
0: yeah, a long time. And it's also got a very... The reputation of this movie has almost kind of gone bigger than the movie itself because yeah I yeah. mean it's very widely known that uh this was the last film of Brandon Lee, son of Bruce Lee, who tragically died due to an accident that took place during this film, and we will talk more about that when this when this comes into it or when that part comes into the movie because there you can i it's it's come out when exactly on the shooting this happened, so he di- so he died in this during production, I think there were like eight days left of filming. He was almost done, but then they're like, "Okay, shit. What? Like, what? What do we have? What? What? What do we have to do?" Mm-hmm. So it was a co- it was a combination of you know reshoots, special effects, uh, some rudimentary CGI. Well, not not reshoots, but like sp- stunt doubles, camera angles, yeah. use of some rudimentary CGI uh, to make this all work. And it also doesn't help the premise of this film is about a guy who. Uh, dies and comes back to life to avenge his world. So, it's a lot of weird synergy right there. So, uh, yeah, it was directed by Alex Proyas, who directed such critically acclaimed films as, uh, well, This, Dark City, and just those two things. (laughs) I mean, I like iRobot, but everything after that was pretty bad. (laughs) I mean, uh, what he did? He did Knowing, the Nicolas Cage, I'm going to save the world with numbers. Oh, God. That was bad. Uh, he did a uh,
1: Gods of Egypt and Ken, K-
0: Kings of Men of Gods of Egypt. Something like that.
1: Gods, Kings, king, Gods and Monsters. Yeah, Kings sure. and Monsters, kings, kings and, and Gods, and, Kings
0: and Gods and Monsters. Exodus,
1: Kings and Gods, and Gods of Egypt. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but
0: yeah, so uh, <laughs> he did. He did this, and this is—it's regarded as one of the better comic book films of the '90s. So, which is why I think we got a chance to look at it. So, uh, I think you know. Let's let's just dive into it. This is the crow. So we open up. Uh, it's October thirtieth, Devil's Night, and Detroit is on fire. Kind of like present day Detroit. Not more <laughs> than I think about it. <laughs> not much has changed over twenty six years. Not not a great look. And right out the bat, we we get thrown right into the action. Uh, we get to the scene of the scene of this like really gruesome crime. Uh, Ernie Hudson's there. He plays uh, the main cop, main cop in this movie. Uh, he's there. This dude has been murdered, and his girlfriend has been sexually assaulted. He's been beaten. He's been stabbed a couple times. She's taken. She's been taken to the hospital. We also get. We also get a voiceover narration from a child who says that uh, something like in what was it like in death? Like the legend says, in death, a crow takes you to the after, like to the afterlife. But if you're really pissed off. The crow will delay your journey. (laughs) It's that's not the exact wording, but it's like paraphrased. Right. So yeah, uh, we get told that. um, We also meet our main uh, girl, the narrator Sarah, who's just this kind of just this girl who just hangs out in this like downtown neighborhood. Uh, Now, our plot, our our theme of this was '90s comic movies, and this movie is extremely '90s. Oh, absolutely! Aside from the fact that Brandon Lee is in it, but I mean, you just look at it. The edit, the editing is '90s. The soundtrack <laughs> is '90s. The aesthetic—it just—if if you can literally show this to someone, like, just like don't even tell them when it was released. Put it on for them. Like, what, what, what decade was this made? People say, "Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, this was the '90s."
2: It's a rock soundtrack, man. It's a great <laughs> rock
0: soundtrack. Oh, it is. It, 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 it's a, it's, it's a really good soundtrack, uh, and. It's better than Daredevil. I'll say that. I would. No. I-, I like this time capsule better than the Daredevil soundtrack. <laughs> Mostly because this has no Nickelback. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So uh, we then cut to one year later, as we see that the you know well, the thing we're told, the crow. Uh, he only now decides he's really mad about how he died, and he decides, "You know what? Now I'm going to come back." Delay- <laughs> Delayed reaction. <laughs> And he comes back as Brandon, as, you know, Eric Draven, played by Brandon Lee. Who we can really check to talk, talk about his performance because, like we said, it, this movie, he, he died before he finished filming this. Uh, for the most part, it's really, you can't really tell where the cuts are except for this one scene where it's, it's a lot of, like, his back and a lot of, like, yeah. wide shots and a lot of, uh, you know, like quick cuts so you can't really see his face. That's really the only scene where it's noticeable. So, like, for having to deal with an actor who, like, you didn't have for, like, the, the rest of the shooting, they did it really well. And for, for when he's in it, I will say, Eric, uh, Brandon Lee probably really not slept on as far as, like, best portrayals of superhero because he's actually quite good in this film. Oh, yeah. Like, he has that, like, dark ability. He has a great, a great sense of nuance to him. He had like, his softer moments to him. It's a it's a like surprisingly multi layered performance.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I,
0: I, Mike, what do you what, like? Were uh, you a fan of like Brandon Lee in general? And what what do you think of him in this movie?
1: Yeah, I, I well, I was a fan of his before this film. Um, I I discovered him in a film called Rapid Fire, which came out in ninety two. Um, it's kind of low budget action martial arts film, which I fell in love with, in that film with him. Uh, so, and I remember exactly where I was. I was. um Getting, having breakfast, getting ready for school. And my dad goes, hey, Mike, did you, did you see this actor died? And he showed me the newspaper clipping. And I still have it somewhere. It's laminated of the clipping of his, of his death. Um, so, yeah, that hit me really hard because I really was a big fan of his. Um, there was a Hollywood, he was kind of being prepped for the next big thing. I don't know if you guys know this, but uh, before um, Die Hard 3 or Die Hard with the Vengeance became what it was, it was a film called Simon Says. And yeah. he was supposed to play a Korean grocer instead of Sam Jackson's uh, Zeus character. Really? And it's supposed to be him in that film. Wow! Yeah, they were they were really kind of pushing him to be the next big thing, and and you know, tragically, that didn't happen. And it's you know, the whole thing with his father and dying, you know, young as well. And they talk about the curse of the dragon and his family, and it's 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 real tragic. It's it's ter terrible, and and um, especially the way he died in the movie. But he's so good in the role, and if you watch any of the video behind the scenes he always talks about he was such a more into acting than his father was in the sense that he was he didn't want to be seen as a martial artist like his dad he was an actor and he wanted to be an actor and this was his he doesn't and i he doesn't do any martial arts in this film at all well he, you know, he, has, was, he has a
0: little bit during the end if, if that's even they him, though, really kind of even him i don't know um,
1: let him play to that you know they, they didn't try to force in fight scenes that you know Weren't the character because the crow comic book is not anything martial arts heavy or anything, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's um, it sucks. It because who knows what his career would have been today?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I do believe he would have been, been huge because he, he he was he was talented. He was clearly talented. Yeah, he was good-looking sure, guy, yeah.
1: talented actor, and he was very physical and a martial artist. And, yeah.
0: Yeah, so uh, he comes back and he decides, you know what? Yeah, like, like I said, fuck, like fuck this. I'm gonna go get revenge on the guy who, who killed my who killed my fiance. They also died on their wedding night. Should, I should know. I should note that out. So uh, the people who are responsible for the wife are just this random assortment of thugs. Uh, hold on, let's see. It's T Bird, Fun Boy, Tintin, Tinted. I think it, I think the last one's called like Shank or like Skank or something. Skank,
2: yeah. Some bad
0: names. I didn't read the Crow comic, so I'm not sure how the how this would have. If those are direct from the comic, they probably are. Cause I don't think they would have changed that. Oh, also should be noted that uh, uh, it was the, based the comic. Uh, the the author of the comic wanted uh Johnny Depp for the role, which I think back yeah. then I think back then would have worked perfectly. Oh yeah, I Sure. Think, oh, that was uh, right his alley. Yeah. Uh, they, bo- they both. They both. Uh, so yeah, he wanted Johnny Depp. I think he was busy at the time. Uh, So the studio did send out offers to uh, River Phoenix, who turned it down, and uh, Christian Slater, who turned it down, which is ironic between those two, because uh, I don't know if you know know this, but uh, Christian Slater's role in Interview the Vampire was supposed to be played by River Phoenix, but he died prior to filming. Wow. Yeah, and Slater... What was that?
2: And I heard they said Slater wanted too much money for the crow.
0: Did it? Oh, um, that makes sense because he was pretty big. He in, was you know, a 90s. big
1: star at the time.
0: Yeah, like
2: because he had what, like cuffs and pump up the volume and those other movies. In I think the yeah, cover, I think late eighties,
0: early nineties. *Leaving the Cube*, *Heathers*. He was he was big. Yeah, he was big. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and something he, you know, I will do about this later because I do like the guy. He did donate his entire interview *Interview the Vampire* salary to Phoenix's family, so I think that's I think that's really nice oh. of him. Cool. Uh, so yeah, uh, the uh, Draven is on a war path. Uh, he basically finds. Uh, first one he finds is Tintin, who, you know, he's an expert with knives, he's got the dreads, and he's black, so of course he's got to be the first one to go. This was the <laughs> 90s, after all. And, man, so I do, I do love the way, it, if you're going to go out, go out like this, dude, because they yeah. find out knives, it's, 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 they're throwing it at him. Like, you throw both of us knives at him, and, like, we cut back to his corpse later. It's got like eight, like eight to ten sticking out of him. It's like, God, where'd he, where'd he get the rest of those? Because he did not have those when he did not have that many when this fight started. I'm pretty sure he just went out and grabbed more knives and just, just stuck him in the body. Yeah. i to make sure this job's really done. Uh, so uh, we also find out that these thugs all work under the major, you know, the, the big crime boss, who for some reason is not played by Tony Todd, even though he's in this film. No, uh, this is Top Dollar, played (laughs) by I could not Michael Wincott. I must say I could not tell you. No, I can. It's Michael Wincott, Uh. a guy who looks like looks like Gary Oldman from Dracula from Dracula '92, but sounds like (laughs) but sounds like he's doing his best impression of Michael Keaton as Beetlejuice. He
2: looks—he <laughs> looks like the bad guy from Kindergarten Cop. He does.
1: <laughs> yeah, he does look a little like him.
2: Uh, was I the only one? Because I—I watched him. Like I had to go through the IMDb. I'm like, I wonder if that's that guy. He looks well, just
0: like him. Like the the voice, would threw me off? Because I'm just like it—it it, sounds—he sounds like Beetlejuice. Yeah, yeah. he does. It's really—it's really weird. But yeah, you don't really know what he's. And that's—that's that's kind of thing. I'm not really into this movie. Just, like as far as like the villain, they do have—they have personality. Yeah, but I mostly Dave Patrick Kelly as a T bird. But yeah, this villain, he's not much to him. He's kind of just like a, g- a generic, generic gangster. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I guess you're kind of restrained what you have, and you kind of want the spotlight to be on the crow. But I right, do, I right. do wish, that, I do wish the the villain had a little more to him. You know, give, I can
1: understand give, that. Sure.
0: Yeah. Give, give, give him a little, give him a little more to do. Uh so yeah uh the movie movie goes on and M- Draven visits the pawn shop played by random acting no. John, John Pulido. Yeah. Pulido. Polito. John Polito Polito He's been in a bunch of Coen brothers movies. I think he was in The Rocketeer too, wasn't he? Like very briefly.
1: Uh yeah, he's Bigelow. He is the Bigelow. owner of the the thing.
0: That's right he owns he the airfield uh in Rocketeer. Inner geekdom. <laughs> <laughs> uh he he visits Polito at this pawn shop he runs. It's very crooked. And Knowing the accident, which we'll get into later when it happens, because it's there's a lot to dive into there. Uh, it's really I don't know I don't know if it's just me. Did anyone have, have weird feelings watching uh, watching Draven get shot? Knowing what happens in real life, I mean, I mean, when I it happens
1: it. in the scene, yeah, it's 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 or what it's, just what happens you know? in the movie?
0: It's kind of, it's just kind of it's like ooh wow. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you can't not have it in there. It's the Yo, film, you, you, you it's, can't it's like, cut, you can't like, cut it film. out. It's
0: you can't cut it out, but. A yeah, cool thing uh, with, with the crow is like he's—he's he's basically impervious to to damage. Right. It's kind of—it's yeah. like, kind of like Wolverine. He's got a healing factor, and like this was—it's <laughs> funny. If X Men was made in the '90s, this is totally how X- Wolverine's powers would have worked. Just like Absolutely. Just, just like CGI bullet holes <laughs> being filled. Yeah. in. which I will admit for 1994 it doesn't look too bad. No, I think I think the wise thing is they keep it to a minimum. They know their restraints. They can't have him like lose an arm. Like lose a right, right. head and grow that back, so the keep it bent on, like cuts, bullet bullet yep. holes. You know, keep keep it simple. And I do like that. Another thing I do like in this film, I think Ernie Hudson is a great anchor in this film. Cause you got to think about it. In 1994, he's kind of he's kind of the actor who's got to give us some legitimacy because he was probably the biggest right. star in this at the time.
1: Yeah, he was. Yeah.
0: So you know he's like he's like look this is on me we're not making it, we're never making another Ghostbusters movie thank you Bill Murray so I gotta find my next franchise yeah damn shame <laughs> and this is gonna be it but no I, I do think that he gives Ernie Hudson's always I, I find he's really underrated as an actor like he's always oh, yeah he's always great yeah he's always great he's better, and in, in this because this is he not he's not even got a lot of like roles to shine in this is one of the few ones I think he does a really good job especially the scenes where he has later in the movie with. Going face to face with Draven, I also appreciate that he's not an idiot. because there's a literally a yeah. scene where like it, he sees the crow after he blows up the pawn shop, and he's able to put it together very quickly.
2: Yeah, yeah, that is definitely <laughs> that's Eric, it's Eric yeah, Draven.
0: It's true. Yeah. So it's like wow, I, it's very rare you see a cop that can put things together that quickly in a movie. <laughs> so I do appreciate like that kind of detail. Uh, the next one, the next thug he goes to visit is. I think it's Fun Boy. It's the one that's played by the guy that looks like Evil Van Damme.
2: That's Fun Boy, yeah. It is Fun
0: Boy. <laughs> right? Doesn't does this guy look like Evil Van Damme? Is that Michael Massey? It is Michael Massey.
1: Yeah, that, that's the actor that, that pulled the trigger. Yeah, no. so,
0: yeah, I'm going to talk about it right now. So, I will say, even though this is something really tragic, it's definitely my favorite moment of this film. It's where, like, he's about to, like, ambush him. And then he's like, he pulls the gun, he shoots him in the head, like, ah, ah. And then he turns around and he starts laughing. I'm like, that is sick. That's yeah. great imagery. That's a great, that's a great reaction. I do love it. But, yeah, this is the scene where it actually, like, the accident actually happened. So what happened to Lee was there was a, bl- like, he was supposed to get shot with a gun full of blinks. Yeah. And I think, like, a casing came out by accident. And that shot into him. Michael Massey pulled the trigger. And he talked about it, like, later in life. Like, he, he quit acting for, like, a year after this yeah. happened because of, like, he just, like, couldn't take, like, the stress of this because, yeah. it, I mean, you imagine, like, this would take a toll on somebody mentally. And I think, too, that he actually died recently. Like, up until the day he died, he never watched this movie. And I can see why. <laughs> this would probably, yeah. probably fuck you up mentally, like, for life.
2: Oh, for sure. With good, like PTSD uh, symptoms yeah. and
0: stuff like that, I'm sure,
2: I'm sure he didn't even want to. Yeah, I wouldn't even go near it.
0: No, I, I wouldn't go with a near with ten foot pole. But uh, I mean, I will. I mean, I will praise him for this for his performance in this film because he, he's he's fun to watch, man. He really is. Like, I love the way he's all strung out. I love the way he's like fucking like, little girl, just like someone already bought me lunch. <laughs> Yeah. He's, he's great, man. I, I, I do think if... Okay, that, okay never mind. This is an unfounded conclusion, but maybe if Van Damme wasn't a thing, he could have gotten all the Van Damme... And he learned to do the splits. And he learned to do the splits. He could have gotten all the Van Damme roles. Uh, now, I will admit something to you, Mike, that I never told you before. This is actually my first like full viewing of The Crow. I, okay. I had never seen it in its entirety. And
2: I, I, I and I will throw it out that this is my first time as well in its entirety. Um, I was 11 when this movie came out. Ugh. So it was one of those ones where it's just like it wasn't my – you know what I mean? It was, I was, right. I was I was busy watching – I was actually watching horror movies. So it wasn't the rated R aspect of things because I was watching Freddy and Jason f- films. But um, it was one of the ones where I knew it. Like I remember mm-hmm. it came out. And I think I remember one year I think I dressed in a trench coat and, and I painted <laughs> my face and like I went as the crow for Halloween – Without actually even seeing the movie, so um, yeah. But this was actually the first time I actually got to watch it in its entirety.
0: I didn't mean to nice. ask, Mike, but did did you, did you see The Crow on release? Or cause oh, was... god,
1: of course. Are you kidding me?
0: That's right. Because you said you just said Absolutely. you were a big, I was
1: bawling like a baby when this movie when it aired at the end, and it's dedicated to him. Oh yeah, I was. I remember the theater I saw Sawgrass Mills, twenty in in South Florida. Yeah, I remember with my girlfriend at the time, and yeah, I remember exactly where I was when I saw this film.
0: You were twenty in nineteen ninety four. Goddamn! Wow.
1: Was I twenty then? Yeah, twenty
0: years old. Like, twenty, is, yeah. I'm like, I know your age. So that math adds up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, like we said, uh, and something I do know is this movie now, especially like, watching the first time, like I think it's weirdly paced because the first act, the first act is great. It's a really straightforward like go get him, like revenge story. Like they take a little time to yeah. see the crow, but, that's, but as soon as he comes in the screen, it's just go go go. It takes. I don't know if you know this, Russell, like watching it, watching it for the first time too. It really like dips as far as like pacing goes in the in like the second second act, at least I noticed, at least I felt. I should say. Sorry, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and repeat that. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I mean, I, I was just I was just saying how I. Felt I it's been to, a while,
1: uh, chance since I've seen it, so I would have to. Um... Like I, I, couldn't speak to that. That's what I'm saying. I guess I, I just couldn't speak to that right now because it's been a very long, not a, not a long time, but it's been a while since I've seen the film.
0: You're out you're at a, you're at a study mode, and this was short notice. Yeah, I, 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 I do apologize. This is, on, this is on me. So there's got enough memory. But I will say, yeah. No, Russell, I, 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 I was saying like how, how I felt the pacing of this. Some kind of dips, like really badly <laughs> towards the middle of the film. No,
2: it, it, it does. It like there's a lot of things happening in that opening.
0: You know the opening act, and then kind yeah. of what
2: you're saying. I think it kind of drags its foot a little bit there in the in midway through.
0: Yeah, I will say it does give a fair moment of personality from the villain. This is the that a fair moment for him in the entire film. It's when he uh, he's like, John, he has John Polito in his like little layer thing because he knows that he, he gave the crow information, mm-hmm. and so he's going to kill him. But the way he does it, <laughs> uh, he throws a fucking sword through his neck. It's ruthless, <laughs> ruthless. Man. And then he just like, and then that's not enough. He just like shoots him six times. Like, god damn. Yeah.
2: I, the re- the response to he goes, well, "Why won't you die?" That he, sh- he shot him.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, if you were doing like crazy shit like this the entire movie, yeah. I could have gotten down with you, man. That that's 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 great. That's really great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, he then ambushes uh Patrick Kelly, who people would know him from uh. You know he's the Warriors, Come yeah. Out and play yeah. guy from the Warriors. Uh, he's also Charlie from uh, John Wick. Tribute for you right there. That's true. Yeah, he's the cleaner guy. He is the cleaner guy, uh, <laughs> and he, he gets maybe the best death scene of anybody in this movie. So he he makes he, so uh, Draven makes him take him on a car chase. They drive. <gasps> they get to this dock. <laughs> he puts <laughs> he puts a bomb in his lap and makes him drive off the dock. That's well, the he's like
2: boys like duct taped to the the, this, uh, the chair, the front seat.
0: And that's something I noticed about The Crow right now because it's funny because the mask went out the same year. This is literally just a darker version of The Mask. Like, yeah. <laughs> a dude gets supernatural powers and just goes and just kills people in the most ridiculous like cartoony ways. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, I, I think you could make a good I mean, you could make a good comedy you could make a good comedy version of The Crow and you could make a good like dark and gritty version of The Mask. It's, I, I would love to see that happen actually. <laughs> so yeah, uh, he's he's down to. Well, we see one shot where, I mean, it's a great shot where he draws the crow symbol in gasoline. You know, the mm-hmm. one. The oh, shot, sweet. The shot that was ripped off by both Daredevil and The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> yeah. Only you know done not as well. Uh, I like
2: how it takes its time to form the whole crow though too. It's you could actually see the,
0: the uh, oh, yeah. flame
2: moving or the the yeah. It's really cool.
0: Yeah. No. The. the like, god damn it Eric Draven has pride in his artwork <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah I mean he he also reconnect with Sarah which I do think like the big emotional moments are between him and the little, the little girl who right. Shelley was just so protective of because her mother she was she's a junkie doesn't really care about her until right. the crow fucks up her boyfriend he's like hey, you know what you got a daughter go take care of her right now god damn it yeah yeah, so I do think them reuniting is a, is a sweet scene. Uh but then we get to the climax. This is where the movie really picks back up again, at least I think. So, it's made, so this is where he's like, "You know what? Forget all this like slow slow speed stuff. I'm going to go going to go to that take us head on." They have this like mob like this mob gangster meeting, which I'm now realizing I have no idea what this gangster's end goal is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it, what
2: is he doing here? Yeah. Yeah. It's basically isn't it like they just want to set fire to the city? I
0: guess. And, oh hell's not right. Night. Yeah. No, night. no De- devil's night. That's right. Devil's like, night. Their whole devil's thing night. is like they're gonna they're gonna like set fires across the city. Just like, okay, cool, but yeah, why?
2: Yeah, but like what's that gonna do? Like, okay.
0: At least Nino Brown and New Jack City had like a whole drug empire he was trying to run this guy. He's just trying to right. Set, he's trying to set things on fire. Like, dude. He's get, like, it's pyro. Get your priorities straight. This is Again, had Tony Todd been the villain, he w- he wouldn't have done this shit. He would have. <laughs> <laughs> Although Tony Todd killing a deal with a samurai sir would have been would have been great. <laughs> uh, so, Draven busts in. And he's just like, "Hey, I'm here." These ty- all these mob guys unload on him. Which and the whole time you could see like Shank, the guy, the one from the night that his wife, that his fiance was killed. You could see him reacting. Yeah. Just like, "Yeah, you didn't do shit. <laughs> you didn't do. You didn't do nothing." <laughs> Uh, they, uh, they have, like, a really, like, sweet action sequence, which normally I hate when action sequences are, like, shot mostly in darkness. But I feel like right here, maybe you'll disagree with me, Russell, I feel like right here with this one, because of, like, the dark aesthetic of the film, the dark nature of the yeah. subject matter of the film, I do think that it bodes well, and even though it's dark, there's enough light where you can see what's happening. And this is the martial arts I was talking about earlier Mike and I don't this might not be him. I'm not sure. If if it's not him, like kudos for hiding it this well. But I do think that it did that this Agam sequence is probably my favorite of the entire film.
2: Yeah. No, I agree, because you have that environment where you're in this dark world and like, you know, dark and like Twisted things have happened in our opening scene, so I mean it only makes sense that you film this revenge scene in that type of same environment that he's been living through, that he's lived his last year through in that darkness. So it only makes sense that they kind of at your you know the crescendo of the film, like you would you would it would only make sense to to do that. So yeah, yeah. No, I completely agree with you. It's a great action shot.
0: Yeah, and uh, Mike, I know it's been a while since you've seen it, but uh, no, do you, do you remember, do you, remember do you remember the scene at all? Like what, what we're talking about.
1: I'm trying to remember it. It's 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 yeah. Not really though.
0: Uh that's that's old age for you, buddy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh so he kill he kills most of the mob associates except for uh Tony Todd, the mob the mobster's girlfriend, and uh of course Top Dollar. Why'd well, you call him the mobster? Yeah, Top Dollar, Top Dollar and his girlfriend, and Tony Todd. Touch yeah. touchdown
2: top dollar. Touchdown TD. top
0: dollar. <laughs> uh so this is where this is another thing that kind of suffered due to Brandon Lee's death. So we find out that his girlfriend somehow knows that not only what what we're dealing with, but knows that his power can be taken. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm just like, okay, how do you know that and not to mention you're not entirely clear on how his powers work because you know, okay, you're a purpose of bullets, but you can also like extract morphine from veins and do other things so the thing about that is there was an entire subplot that got cut out of this film uh, there was going to be a character uh, called Cowboy Skull or something like that or Skull Cowboy skull, the
1: skull, skull Cowboy
0: and the character was actually cast it was going to be Michael Berryman who was in uh, The Hills Have Eyes He's the main, he was the main uh, cannibal in that oh, okay yeah he was in the movie uh, but because of Lee's death uh, that whole subplot got cut because they couldn't do reshoots with him okay so yeah, I do think that having those scenes would have benefited this film because like you would have you would have an understanding of what like, how the crow powers actually work. Yeah. yeah. Because like throughout throughout this film, especially towards the climax, like he just does shit and you're like, Oh, I guess that was a thing you could <laughs> do, especially towards like the yeah. finale of the film. So it turns out that uh this works this the crow powers were kind of like the golden compass powers? To where like <laughs> if, if you hurt if you hurt the animal, you hurt the you hurt the person. So like, okay, so we so we kill the crow, you can kill Eric Draven. Okay, simple enough. Uh he gives the he knows that this is the last the probably last time he's gonna be on Earth before he passes into the spirit realm. So we give in a really like touching scene, he gives the he gives Sarah his wife's wedding ring. Oh. Which is again, really really sweet emotional scene. Uh they lead him to this she gets captured at some point. I don't remember I I don't remember when it happens. Russell, <laughs> do you remember her getting Because I don't. And I just there watched this got
2: too. Ca- Um how in the hell did she get captured? At
0: some point she gets captured, doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I don't remember. Yeah, so they go to confront it. The crow gets the actual like crow gets shots and you're like, Oh crappy screwed. Uh. uh turns out not entirely though, because he pulls a <laughs> he pulls a Monty Python on the Holy Grail, like, I'm not quite dead. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still it's still flapping about, so he's not he's not quite dead yet so you can't kill him entirely so uh ernie hudson shows up they have a big they have a big shootout in this church top dollar's girlfriend dies to trying to hit the, the crow's powers it's kind of hinting that runner russell you got the sense like it's kind of like she's the main villain or like she's the i really think she's supposed to have a bigger part in this before like the whole like crow power subplot got cut out could be yeah yeah,
2: because you, you're led
0: that way. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Very much led down that road, but uh, it doesn't matter because the crow's still alive, scratches her fucking eyes out, and she dies. Which and is then, pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. And then, because of the 90s, we have our final fights on the roof in the rain <laughs> uh, between Draven and uh, Top Dollar. And yeah. again, uh, in accordance with the crow's random grab bag of powers, he can apparently like transfer pain you know, kind of like, kind of like Mantis yeah, in that I uh, remember, yep. <clears throat> Mantis and Guardians of the Galaxy uh, Volume Two. Yeah, he puts his head, he puts a, he puts his hands on his head, and he's just like feel her pain, and it's, it's uh, basically what her last moments what were, where it's like he's on the surgery table, and then right. he's like feeling all this like all the bloods coming out his face, and he falls off the roof onto a gargoyle, You know, kind of like Saruman in Return of the King. Yeah, he, and he gets impaled, and he's dead. I should say yeah. the extended cut of Return of the King because not, for some reason, a theatrical cut, but that's that's another conversation. Uh, so, you know, uh, he he says goodbye to Ernie Hudson and Sarah, goes back to his grave, and in a really fitting ending, he goes back, he sees his girlfriend, and you're like, okay, this is the part where he passes on to the great beyond, or whatever it's called in this world. Again, never say, because it's a plotless cut. Uh, he, pa- he passes on, and... Yeah, that's where the movie ends. So, I know, Mike. So, I mean, you know, it's been a while since you've said you've seen this, but you you know, yeah, I know you. I know you've seen this a bunch. So,
1: yeah, I have. Why don't you give us your
0: overall thoughts on The Crow?
1: It's it's now it's one of those films that I need to revisit because it's been quite a while since I've seen it. But in the '90s, I did watch it all. I saw that several times in the theater. I owned the DVD of it. I, I I would assume I owned the VHS of it before DVDs. Uh, cause it was, a, I had the poster, um, I had the, the, I had the graphic novel originally. I still have a copy of the, the original, I think it was three books at the time, three or four books. Um, so yeah, it was, it's enjoyable, book. but, but if it wasn't for Brandon Lee, I don't know how much I would have been into it. He was my gateway into it really? because I was going to see it and I was excited because you know it was him.
0: That does make sense. Cause like just, this isn't the subject and like the, this, this doesn't seem very you like, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. No, it's it's kind of like Sandman. The whole Sandman stuff with Neil Gaiman—that stuff is not doesn't interest me at all. And I know how good it is, but it's not the death and all the mysticism is not my thing. But being that I was a huge Brandon Lee fan, like if it was was Johnny Depp or Christian Slater, I might have seen it because it was a comic book movie, but I probably would not have had such a a, a affinity for it like I did because it is Brandon Lee.
0: Yeah, the movie came out to it came out to critical acclaim at the time. Yeah, it did real well. Yeah, it did, re- did real well at the box office. Uh, Russell, you, being as your first like full viewing of the film, what 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 did you think about it?
2: I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a shame that we lost Brendan Lee so tragically. Um kind of, kind of what you guys have hit on. It has the, all the beats of that 90s those 90s uh, cheesiness, you know that, but it but I think the story around in Brendan Lee losing his life in the film, I think really helps wanting to watch this more though. Do you know what I mean? I know yeah. it's like, twisted yeah. and say that, but it's no, like, what you're saying it's, it's a fitting
1: tribute to him.
2: It is because just, and on top of it, the subject matter too, on top of it, it's like, what are the odds? You know what I mean? The, our, you know, our protagonist loses his life too. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's just, it's, it's, it's really, it's, it's, I got all that action in it. Like kind of what you said, the chance it does dip off a little bit. Uh, after the first act, but it picks back up, and I think it's—I think it's a fine film. I'm glad to actually watched the whole thing finally.
0: Oh yeah, same here, man. I think it's—I think it's quite good. I understand the reputation, man I think, I think, as someone who likes film with a darker aesthetic and like a gothic, gothic undertones, I do think that this is a, I do think this is like a really good rendition of that in comic book movie form. I think that's, I do think it would have benefited from us getting the full version, but you know, you work with what you got, and I do think that. For what they had to work with, I do think they did like a, a fantastic job with it. Uh, probably, be, I don't know where i like my comic book movies ranked, but I do think that it's definitely it's definitely up there somewhere. And uh, you know, it definitely up there in revenge films. I do think it's, it doesn't have yeah. love there because you know you got Kill Bills, you got uh, you can, Art and Glorious Bastards, you got Unforgiven. Uh, I mean, the fact
1: that the film's still talked about. It's always oh, yeah. talked about. So it's, and, it's, yeah. it's, the fact it's that earned it, its place.
0: It, it, it spawned like, a lot of stuff. I mean, we had uh, a yeah, se- bunch of sequels.
1: Four movies and a TV show.
0: A TV, a TV show. Uh, That's right. And there they're was... still trying to talk about a reboot of oh, it. I'm, they I'm, getting, having... I'm getting to that in a second. But, like, yeah, we had uh, there was going to be a Crow 2037 that Rob Zombie was going to do in the late 90s, but that never got made. Kind of would like to see it, though. Uh, but I do want to talk about the reboot because – yeah, uh, Hollywood keeps trying to do it. Uh, allow me to throw you a list of people who were at one point attached to this project as the titular character, or as the Crow, or attached or uh, were in talks. So uh, Bradley Cooper was attached, uh, dropped out. Mark Wahlberg was attached, dropped out. Channing Tatum and Ryan Gosling were looked at. James McAvoy was looked at for the role. Tom Hiddleston was attached. Alexander Skarsgård was attached. Uh, let's see who else we got. We uh, got... Luke Evans, Dan- Jack Houston, and most recently one most recent one was Jason Momoa, who seemed really into it. He seemed like he was really yeah. excited to do it. But for whatever reason, this is kind of like the, the Dark Tower. Do you remember that, how <laughs> that, had, that had a tough yeah. time getting off the ground? Uh, but, you know, I, I, I will you know, bring this question around. Do you think that we will ever see another Crow film? And would you want to see another Crow film?
1: Ah, uh, I'm sure we will. Do I want to see one? Doesn't matter to me. Uh, I think that, I I think that they have a missed opportunity. I think it really could have been a, fran- a, a, a franchise in the sense that it should have been uh, an anthology. Like every Crow film takes place in a different time period. I Ooh. think that would have been phenomenal. Oh, I think that cool. to me yeah. is 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 a missed opportunity. With the I know we've talked about. This, we're talking '90s, the Phantom. I think a Phantom. Uh, anthology show of the different phantoms over different generations like crow the crow in the future, crow in the past, crow during Victorian era, Crow, you know, it's like it, it, oh, it sets do, up perfectly.
0: I do want to see British fancy boy crow. I think that'd be funny.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think and it's all over the world. It could be anywhere in the world, any different time period. And I think every film or every whatever should have just been one specific thing. I think it would have been a great uh, great idea.
0: See, I think that I think I find that incredibly interesting because
1: yeah, I you kind of do it like the Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed game no, like yeah. you know yeah, yeah.
0: just traveling like like different crows over different time periods,
1: yep, and, and then, don't keep anyone the same don't you know no, that, that's all different
0: that's a good idea, but yeah. like Russell, would you want to see another another crow film
2: uh yeah i I mean I wouldn't mind I think it's gonna happen eventually like Mike said I mean it's one of those ones where I mean it's just a matter of time before we do get something like that. Um, but yeah, Mike, like hit it on the, on the head there with saying that they missed a golden opportunity to do that. I think that'd been really kind of cool because your, your sequels are, you know, limitless. You could do so much with that, that type of premise. You can go anywhere. You could do anything, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I I do agree. I I think the property itself is, I think the idea is good enough to do it. I I, I do really like what you're pitching, Mike. So I, I, I would be down to see that kind of, that kind of series like that, but. We'll see if it ever gets off the ground. know the property yeah, who knows? Soon as is really cursed. Yeah, but Dark Tower happened, so that is did that it did eventually. So we'll see. 2037, 30, the Crow reboot finally yeah. comes out. <laughs> so that's gonna do it for the show. Uh, Mike, want to thank you for joining us, man. Thanks uh, for having me, guys. A blast. Of course. Uh, and uh, where, where can people find you? At Mike Kalinowski. Pretty simple.
1: Pretty simple. Okay. I think over the next month, I'll probably be focused uh, on politics. and I don't want to, but I think that's going to take over. And November 4th or 5th, we'll go back to movies and stuff, yes. uh, I think. Yeah, I don't – yeah, that's what it is, guys. You know what it is. So. Yeah, we know. We know. We yeah, i Mike Kalinowski. That's where I'm at. Cool, Twitter, cool, cool. Instagram, that's my thing.
0: Russell, you want to give our plug before us?
1: Yeah, you
2: guys can find us on Notorious By as the uh, Facebook group. Go ahead and join the group. That's where we put up the polls. Um, like how Chance said, you know, October is Halloween month and we'll be putting scary movies up, so that should be fun. You can also find us on YouTube. Same thing, Notorious by Chance. We will be getting new content out there. We still got to talk about Tenant and New Mutants, so we'll absolutely get on that. So, yeah. And
0: you can find my Twitter, it's going to be 91 And you can check out me and Mike when we defend the right. titles. October 16th. Uh, you can That's get right. your tickets for that live stream at the SchmodownLive.com if you t- or you can join the Patreon for $10 you can do that and uh, like i said october 16th uh we got a big we got me and mike got a big match we got a big, very big, big one match big here. one big one
1: feel uh, like we just had a big one so here we go again we did have again. a big one
0: but here we go again uh, <laughs> Fingers crossed
1: we'll have another big one after that so
0: heavy heavy is the head the word the crown man heavy is the head the word the, the crown that is that's, uh, so that's going to do it for us uh once again, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, my pleasure, guys. Scarefest is right around the corner, a good segue into it. And that's going to do it for us. We will see you next time.